one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. Time for episode six of DeRussia Eats. It's Jason DeRussia, your host. One of my all-time favorite people is Stephanie March. She is a longtime food writer for Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Uh, She was my editor at one point when I was writing for Minneapolis St. Paul. Steph and I have a similar approach to food. We love it. It's not a fancy, stuck-up kind of approach. And that's why I love digging into this debate about the Juicy Lucy. It is perhaps the most Minneapolis of food items. Uh, overrated, underrated? Let me know what you think. You can email me at any time, jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. And then a bonus episode, Carly Kammerer helped found Wildflyers Coffee. It's a coffee shop with a mission to give people who have nowhere else to turn, people who are struggling with a place to live, uh, Carly is trying to get them to work, get them a job. Uh, and that's what Wildflyer Coffee is all about. So good stuff. Stephanie March and Carly Kammerer on this episode of De Russia Eats. It is Minnesota's most prominent food export to the world. I'm not talking about Betty Crocker or Cheerios, <laughs> although that might fit. We're talking about the Juicy Lucy. It's time for DeRussia Eats. Jason DeRussia with you here on WCCO Radio. And Stephanie March, the food editor from Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, joins us. Steph, nice to have you here. Thanks for having me. We are going to battle it out on the Juicy Lucy Let's duke today. it. Let's just duke it out. People, we disagree. <laughs> I don't know. We'll don't know. find out. We, we don't may actually or, know. We, we may or may not. Right. The history of the Juicy Lucy is Exactly what we love in journalism. Oh, yeah. Because it's as messy as the burger itself. For sure. It's oozy. Yeah. You got to you gotta wait to dip in. You got to be smart. You jump too fast. You go too fast. You're going to get burned. It happens. It does. It happens. There is dispute about just about everything when it comes to the Juicy Lucy. <laughs> this we- is true. People have feelings and they have, they have, and I think after this long of a time, they have really deep-seated feelings. We can't even agree on the right way to spell it. No, but yeah, you're right. We can't. You're right. No, I was going to try to like argue something with it. But honestly, I mean, the affectation is so much. It's so funny. And people have deep feelings about the spelling if they spell it correctly or wrongly. And here there's one thing. But when you see it like in the world, like people in New York who have Juicy Lucy restaurants and try to like, you know, copy us. People have very big feelings. We're very mad at that. We're super mad. Juicy is spelled without an I. Fight, Fight me. At Matt's. Fight me. Okay, so Matt's, I mean, <laughs> is going to say that in doing that, although puts them in a very, very special place, right? Because it's at Matt's where they misspell it. Is that like Quick Trip? I mean, Quick Trip is spelled wrong, and nobody has a problem with that. It's true. Yeah. Maybe some small convenience store spelled <laughs> Quick with a Q yeah. and a D. Maybe they're mad. Maybe they're mad. Maybe somewhere they're having this debate. Yeah. Is it quick or it's quick? Quick. Is it trip or trippy? <laughs> um, the spelling is emblematic of the larger debate between these two restaurants. Yeah. With different claims as to creating this. 
Yeah, the origin story is is definitely part of like the mystique, I think, of, and the spelling kind of lends into that. I like that we fight about who's first. I know. It's weird, though, isn't it? It is weird. It seems like it should be very easy to prove this one way or the other. Yeah. Except but, for it comes from the 20s, doesn't it? Isn't that when we're, we're deciding it's like way back, way, way back? Maybe not the 20s. I'm thinking that the 5-8 is when, because it used to be a speakeasy. In the, in, and I feel like the 5-8 club says one thing. Matt's bar says another thing. And then, you know, there's others, too, that want to claim primacy, of course. I believe they've been fighting since the 50s. Okay, the 50s. The 1950s about right. this. Matt's is the dive bar. The 5-8 club is pretty divey, it's, but not as it's divey. It's taverny, I would say. Okay. I would give it a tavern feel. That's what I want to feel about 5-8. Have you tasted... Every Juicy Lucy that people debate about in this town? Um, I think I've tasted, yeah, I've definitely had the prime, you know, contenders, I would say. From 5-8, Matt's, and then, of course, we go over to the Nook in St. Paul. We have Blue Door. Um, and then lots of places and then, put them on. Yeah, right? and then there's plenty, plenty of locals who do their own and have a different version, which is awesome. That's how it should be. Which Juicy Lucy is better? Okay. So, I mean, for me personally, I do have to say that I, my very first Juicy Lucy was my nana. My grandmother took me when I was 12 years old to Matt's bar, <laughs> ah. and I had my first Juicy Lucy when I was 12 years old. So I do have, like, a little bit of a bias, I think, for it. Right. Um, and then, of course, I've taken all my kids. I've gone on first dates there. Like, all sorts of crazy things in my Minnesota life have brought me to Matt's bar. And so for me, that's the moment. Now, I like the 5-8 Juicy Lucy. I like the Saucy Sally, too, P.S. But the Juicy Lucy is a different consistency. I almost feel like they're two, it's like two different versions, you know, that are both equally right for what they want to be. I don't, I don't have to pick one over the other. Why do you think someone came up with this idea? <laughs> It it just is sort of crazy. Like a, a burger with cheese on top of it is so delightful. Who said, you know what? What if we just shove it right in the middle of the patty? Yeah, I mean. It's not ideal. It's, it's not, not. It's not the ideal delivery mechanism system. No. And I want to know who. Who I want to know if that person who first took that first bite, the guy sitting at the counter at Matt's or whatever, did they just like scald their face and be like, this is horrible. <laughs> this is wrong. What are you doing? I'm going to have a lawsuit. But instead, we think no, because instead it became yeah. this hallmark. So have, have you ever burned your tongue? Oh, God, it? yeah. Do you think the warning is more just to hype it up? I've burned my, I mean, I have literally- I know, but I burned my tongue on pizza. No one's like, Jason, be you careful. Because what? what it is, is be it, careful. It's, the squ- it's the potential squish. Well, you know, you ordered a Juicy Lucy. I know. I'm There's just telling you. That, in the but, middle. But don't you have to warn, when you take, do you ever take people from out of town there? Because I've yeah. had to take, when the Super Bowl was here, I brought a Philly, you know, news station crew there. Of and course. I was like. As you do. As you do. And I was like, please do be careful. Be and careful. they like they don't believe you. And right. so you have to have the warning. It is hot. It's hot. We're talking Juicy Lucy with Stephanie March on to Russia Eats. You can weigh in on this conversation. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. 651-461-9226. I want to get into the the merits of the Juicy Lucy. Okay. I think the Juicy Lucy is cool. Because it's ours. Yeah. That's what makes it special. 
from a culinary standpoint, I would prefer a regular cheeseburger nine times out of ten. Okay. Right. I'm just saying, it's no disrespect no. to the Juicy Lucy. No. But we love it because it's ours, right? I think so. I think there's some, I think there's definitely some cachet to it being invented here. We, I mean, we're homers. You we, know, ha- we love a we hometown thing. Yes. We are homers to the, to the yes. end. But And what else do we have? What else do we have? <laughs> Losing sports teams. Yep, yep, lakes, lots of water. Very long winters. Yep, mm-hmm. And so yeah. don't take this don't take from, burger from away us. from us. Here's the thing. It's a novelty that is, it's okay to love a novelty yes. as part of our heritage. Most, I'm not mad at that. Most regional specialties are sort of novelties, yeah. right? Yeah, Detroit style pizza. We talked about that. Great. The Chicago hot dog. You know, I yeah. mean. Hey, we put a salad on it. Right. Cool. You know, okay. Right. <laughs> It's true. Drag it true to garden. What if What if you took a Chicago-style hot dog and you put all the stuff on the inside? Inside of it. Could you get something Boom! into a hot dog, though? My God. It might be a little nutsy. All right. We want your calls on this. We'd love to hear what you think about the Juicy Lucy. I think it's a little overrated. You do. <laughs> Steph's afraid. I'm not She's afraid. She's afraid. Uh, here's what I'm going to tell you about. I also believe. But I love it. You love I, a cheeseburger. But a cheeseburger. But I also love a Juicy Lucy. Yeah. I just, it wouldn't I just be my choice. I just think they're two animals. I think they're two mm. different things. I don't like it okay. when people compare cheeseburgers to Juicy Lucy's. They That's are fair. different categories. To Look, how about we talk to Stacy? Okay. Stacy is in a car. 651-461-9226. Stacy, thanks for calling to Russia Eats. How's it going? It is going good. Thank you for taking my call. Which Juicy Lucy is your preference? Well, can I say another restaurant? Uh, Sure. Yes. Okay. I'm going to call out the Crooked Pint on Washington in downtown Minneapolis. And I'll tell you why. We have eaten Juicy Lucy's there a ton, and they're scary because they are so good the cheese pops out, and my son has had cheese on the wall. <laughs> at, seriously. And they warn you, and they tell you, and oh, my God. But they, we go there, and we love them. I like it. I like that story. It's a good story. It's really good, Stacy. Juicy Lucy, do you like a Juicy Lucy or not, Stacy? You know what, Jason? They scare me because I always am on that page of, like, I'm going to burn myself. Yeah. So they kind of scare me. I but like I a, love I, them when I can do it slowly. I like a little danger in my life, Stacey. You just got to dip with fry. <laughs> you got to think about di- take a teeny <laughs> di- bite and then dip the fry in. Right. That's, in, a, that's yeah. the move. Yeah. Yep, Let- that, that I'll have to try next time. I like it. Good call, Stacy. Thanks for listening, and thanks for calling it Danger to Russia. That's what they Danger call me. Danger to Russia. I'm not afraid. Keep the... The molten cheese, man. <laughs> your favorite place for Juicy Lucy, your preferred spelling, do you wish we came up with something different? Who do you think came up with this? Have you? Do you own a T-shirt, a I, Juicy Lucy-related T-shirt? I do own one, and not only that, but I bought one for Dan Pashman, you know, the guy who's got the Sporkful podcast? Yes. And when he wears it, I, he gets, like, inundated with people loving it up. I also own a Juicy Lucy t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You're not a real Minnesotan if you don't have like Juicy Lucy right. on a hat or a t-shirt. Something. Just trade in your residency. Right, right. 418, more to Russia. Eats in just a minute here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Great text coming in about the Juicy Lucy. Donna 
Donna says the 5'8 has the best Juicy Lucy. She uh, does prefer a cheeseburger, though, because she likes the burger medium rare. That is a common complaint. I do, too. A common complaint about the Juicy Lucy is that it's overcooked, that it's dry and burnt. What do you think? I think that the concert of cheese, and if you get onions on it, and, you know, that's your call. But, I mean, I think that it can't really be too overcooked because the center is still going to be molten. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just the adjacency, I think, that most people are used to their their medium rare burgers, which I am a definite medium rare burger girl. For sure. And I love that. But that's like, I'm also used to when you have a thin patty, you we don't lo- see pink and it's still beautiful. So I think people react and they think that way. I just, you're not going to get that same thing, but you have a giant pool of cheese <laughs> in the middle that is keeping the thing yeah. As I say, we like to say, moist and lovely. Indeed. We love smash burgers because they give you that crispy edge. That lacy, crispy edge, the killers, you know, to it. And a good Juicy Lucy will often have some of those characteristics, It should. Why doesn't it? And if you want to talk about really the fact that a good hard sear on those little suckers, you know, that comes from especially the Matt's griddle, which I feel like has been seasoned for 30 years. And, like, when you get it, like, you can't. You have to get it, and you also have to eat it, you know, there. That's the other thing about the Juicy Lucy. Like, I remember you when— You can't take it out. Remember Chrissy Teigen? She came to town. Yes. She went and she grabbed a whole bunch of burgers and then drove to the North Loop or something for a meeting with Target, and it was— yeah. She was like, eh, I don't get the hype. And you're like, well, no, you can't. Right. The cheese coagulates. It's not it's even just... the same thing. Right. So right. it's very specific. I have made Juicy Lucy's at home yeah. with limited success. Okay. Because— a lot of times the cheese will kind of seep out of it. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it on a grill instead of a griddle. Yeah, no, no. I think it has to be a griddle. I'm going to just advocate if you're going to make them at home, you got to think about, you know, a nice chunk of cheese in the middle there. And also, if here's a little tip. If you keep your cheese kind of, you know, frozen or very, very, very cold right from the fridge, yep. put it in the burger, crimp it up, and get it on the griddle, you're going to have a much better chance. Respond to this text. Juicy Lucy's are crap. The cheese separates and becomes liquefied, so when you bite into it, it just pours out into a mess around your face or on your plate. Oh, well, I, you're, what kind of, who's got, if it's, if it's the good processed cheese, it's not going to separate. See. The good you, processed cheese, like this is you, a processed cheese moment. You raise a very good point, because sometimes chefs try to over-chef no, stuff. It. Right, don't over-chef I, it. You, I've come up with this fancy cheese that no, I make. No, 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 don't, no, no. Oop. Cheese sauce. Cheese sauce. cheese sauce. Let's be clear about like the fact that the chefs can make cool cheese sauce too. That's true. They, you know, the the Saint Dinette burger has that beautiful sort of champagne cheese sauce on it, and I'm just saying, like, it's okay to be a little processy in this moment. Why do you think it's important for a community, for a state, to have something in the food world to claim as our own? I do think it's important to have something that's ours. You know. I think that we get, and I'm going to say this just in the way that the Midwest has identity issues anyway, because we see shiny coastal, you know, celebrations and people, you know, getting excited about doing things that we've been doing for a long time, you know, and, you know, when they, and so then, and having their own identities and talking about themselves. And so then they kind of ignore us. And so we have this sort of shiny thing that when they do take notice of it, and let's be clear, a cheeseburger, like that's an innovative innovation on a cheeseburger that's gonna that's gonna fly well anywhere so then when they did discover it and you know people find that they think that we have something cool we'd like to feel sort of like a little special 
I think it's also important to have things that you can say are are that define us. Yeah. We you know We were here. We exactly. We were here. It's a little we made way a contribution. we put our flag in the ground and say, you know, that Spoonbridge and Cherry, right. that's us. And Prince, that's us. And the Juicy Lucy, Juicy Lucy. that's us. Yeah. That was We did that. Our time. We did it. And I think there's something to say about... And by did it, I mean we ate it. <laughs> we ate it. We just ate it. We just ate it. <laughs> but there's also something a little democratic about the cheeseburger in that we can't claim that we invented mm. the cheeseburger, obviously, or the hamburger, but there's something about the fact that that's kind of a universally American moment Yeah. in yeah. that we, you know, you can't really assign too much uh, cultural. It kind of fits in a lot of different cultures and it has a lot of different versatilities. And I think that is one thing that helps bind us together. And we like to also be that. It is. It is democratic in a way that you you look at the fact that a lot of the things that you and I review you for Minneapolis St. Paul magazine, me for Minnesota Monthly. A lot of the things that we review are not to say it's not accessible, but most people don't have a ton of experience eating various kind of whatever fancy pants food right, stuff. Right, But everybody knows cheeseburgers. Everybody knows cheeseburgers. And everyone's opinion on this is valid. And they feel that they are they feel that they are just and and in that opinion. Like no one yes. can question them because it really truly is experiential. It is truly just your experience. There's no way to say you know, you can say this meat is dry, but you right. can't really, you're not getting into the provenance of the meat. No, it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter is that right. point. And so you get to be an, a learned and uh, expert opinion on it, you know, and that's kind like of a that. gift. That's I a like gift that. that we give to everybody. Yes. You get to have your own opinion on this. No, everyone out there has had just as many cheeseburgers probably as yes. you or me. Yeah. So like you're as qualified to have an opinion on that. Exactly. Right. Like you don't have to have, you don't have to understand foie gras. You don't have to know about molecular gastronomy and the breakdown of, you know, things for this. This is just an every guy's food. And and that makes it like, since it's mine and it's yours, and oh. we can share it together. And even if we disagree. I think this was fun. Yeah. Who's going to be more mad at us, Matt's or, or Five Eight? Five Eight sort of gets a short end. They, they, Matt's is a little bit. I mean, Matt's got visited by the president, you know, yeah. and all this stuff. It's and just I think, it's a better picture. Like they have a great exterior. Yeah, it's a little more iconic. And it was then, it was better when before they started taking credit cards. Though. I I don't know about that, but I'm going to just say that for me, it's the cheese. <laughs> it's the it's the situation. If I had to pick one, they were sitting in front of me, and I was only allowed to eat one. I would definitely go for Matt's because of my own, you know, her- Personal, heritage. But heritage. I think that my yes. heritage, it is my heritage. <laughs> your juicy Lucy My heritage. nana. <laughs> but it's the consistency of the cheese for me on that. Just right. that's like, that's the one that ticks that one up for me. I do like that there's a 5A club in Champlain, which is <laughs> pretty close to me in Maple Grove. Yes, so I know. That counts for something. It too. does count. All right. Okay. This, this was fun. This I th- was good. I think we did all right. Yeah. All right. To the one texter who is bored with the Russia Eats. <sighs> eh. Okay. I mean this with absolutely no disrespect. But you're, <laughs> you're boring? You're boring me. Sorry. Texter. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's not for everybody. You know what? And this is a topic that has been well-tread. I will say that. And that's why when, like, This you know, isn't the first? We're not the first to talk about it? We are not the first it? to talk about the Juicy Lucy. And so that was, I did question why the Star Tribune was like, putting out a Juicy Lucy thing because I feel like that's a thing that we all have talked about ad nauseum. Yeah. So. Well, it's because their new food writer need, needs to eat he something that the rest of us them. eat. That's true. He had not had them. John, I gave the new food writer for the Star Tribune a little grief because he started a roundup of restaurants in the North Loop lamenting how oh. he normally has 
full fat skir with skir with skir. granola and blueberries. Well, <laughs> I'm like John. What are you talking about, man? Ugh. Oh well. All right, Stephanie March, okay. reader in Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Thanks, Steph. Anytime. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. We are not really dealing with the issue of homelessness here in the Twin Cities. We're trying. There are shelters that do amazing work. There are volunteers that do amazing work. But like many cities around the country, we've seen sort of these tent cities popping up, which certainly people who live in the area are irritated with those that, you know, you feel like you don't want homelessness in your face. There are safety issues. There are all sorts of issues. But it does bring the issue of homelessness back to the forefront, an issue that's never gone away in this community. But because it's so cold in the winter, we don't have people year-round sleeping on the streets like we, at least visibly, they're there. Um, This is an issue that's so important to try to solve in our community. There are long-term issues. There are short-term issues. Uh, but I'm always interested in people who are really trying to intervene and change individual lives. And one of those people is Carly Kammerer, who joins us in studio. Carly, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You founded, along with a friend, yes, Wildflyer Coffee. Tell us what your goal was when you started this coffee shop. Um, Our goal when we started Wildflyer was to provide a very clear, tangible way for young people out of homelessness um, through supportive employment opportunities. So our goal is really that we would be one of the last stops for young people on their journey out um, by just helping cultivate skills and provide uh, the opportunity for employment. So you're hiring young people who are... Either homeless or they're on the way to being homeless or what? Yeah, the youth we work with are kind of across the spectrum. We have anything from actually on the streets to couch hopping in shelter, connected with drop-in centers um, or in transitional living. Well, first of all, like how do you recruit? Where do you find find these young people? Um, We're pretty referral-based at this point. So, you know, like the link, youth link, um, big drop-in centers, big shelters, and other case managers. And they say, hey, you should go talk to Wildflower. Yep, yeah, they'll kind of identify youth that are needing that service or, like, would be a good fit. Why Why is having a job at a coffee shop uh, sort of a an entry point mm-hmm. to an escape from homelessness? Yeah, um, I just think for a lot of young people that are, you know, kind of trying to get, you know, into independence, um, that's just one of the pieces that's really hard as they're getting housed is, like, figuring out employment and maybe having a lot of barriers that make employment hard. There's mental health, um, transportation, just kind of like all those things. You and don't so, have an address, perhaps. No. <laughs> you don't have an, vital you, documents. It's a huge vital document, And you don't have a culture mm-hmm. maybe of understanding like how important work is. Yeah. It's just hard if you're coming out of survival mode and you're, you're just focused. trying to survive. Yeah. It just it's hasn't different. been on like employment. And yeah. so it's just a harder transition. And so there just seemed, I, I was a social worker myself and, and worked with youth experiencing homelessness. And it just seemed like there was, kind of a need for people to offer like understanding and supportive employment um, to help because the youth like want to work and, and they're really driven, but there just can be so many barriers that come up. Um, so we've really worked to like work through those so that they can get 
to a place where they can leave and maintain employment and kind of become independent and get on their way. Carly Kammerer is the co-founder and executive director of Wildflyer Coffee. You opened one location in Minneapolis, and how long has that been going? Just about two years now. We it's good coffee, by the way. It's good coffee <laughs> on top of it. But uh, – I do think it tastes better when you know that it's doing good. How many how many young people have you employed over that time? Um, since opening, so it's about 25 this year and 14 last year. So about 40 youth at the shop. So you think, I mean, not all of it is going to be successful, just like hiring any young people. But do you track like sort of how the success is going? Yeah, we do. We have about an 80% success rate of youth who leave our program and are um, have maintained employment at their three 80%? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And success can look so different. Sometimes you leave our program and don't um, technically graduate, but might come back at a later point when they're more like ready to work or maybe our program is a good fit, but they get employed elsewhere and that's working really well. So are they staying the the young people you hire? Are they staying in a shelter often or where are they staying? In our last cohort, most were in a shelter. Most were in a shelter. Um, Yeah. What what do you find it does for them? To have that experience yeah. of getting getting a paycheck, mm-hmm. having a job, doing something tangible mm-hmm. like like customer service, making coffee or roasting beans. Yeah, or whatever. I mean the easy part to talk about is the the soft skills and the hard skills. You know, they they leave being able to to be a barista, do the the, the register, drink preparation, open and close a store, as well as the soft skills like customer service and teamwork. Um, what I think is harder to capture is the just personal development. Mm, I think there's yeah. something really dignifying about employment and making a paycheck and our youth being a really vital part of our team um, is a little bit of a different model for a nonprofit that we really rely on them and they're like really needed for our success as well. So I think there's just a, a personal dignity and confidence that comes from having a job yeah. that's really important. Oh, I'm sure you hear those stories from some of these young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You don't need to quantify everything, right? Like sometimes <laughs> well, yeah, you just hear to. the story. You hear the story from mm-hmm. from your team and mm-hmm. and know what what a life changing opportunity mm-hmm. just having a job is. Yeah, I just, and it's hard yeah. if you're homeless. I know people. The easy answer is like, well, get a job. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard when you live in a shelter. Yeah, like what you, what you're saying. The just even the physical not having an address yeah. or the vital documents that that stuff can take months. You're opening a second location. Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> we are hopping the river and going to St. Paul. So this, the, not only does that mean you're bringing coffee to more folks, but you're also going to be able to employ more. Yeah, we'll double the number of youth we can serve. So we'll go from about 30 youth to 60 next year. Wow. Um, as well as just, you know, providing closer services. We do work with youth in St. Paul. When you look around, and I sort of set the discussion here by talking about the fact is there are there's a lot of controversy about you know, should these sites be cleared or should what are we doing to mm-hmm. make sure that people have access to resources? Um, you know, you and I don't have the answers like so the people who are living in in tents like this is not their number one choice. They'd rather mm-hmm. be in housing. Yeah. But if you're addicted to drugs or drinking or you're single or you don't want to follow all the rules that come with the shelter. You may prefer living in a tent. The, yeah. These things are hard to solve, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, I think shelters can be hard for people. I mean, there is just like a lot of violence as well in them. Some in people a do shelter, just feel you can safer. Have that. Yeah. Right. Not in a shelter. 
Um, so it is complicated. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. So, so what you're doing, though, I mean, fixing the problems that are here, the, mm-hmm. they're really, really hard. Mm-hmm. You're trying to intervene before somebody gets into that level of crisis. Yeah, I, I think youth intervention is really important. Um, how, how does it make you feel knowing what you you and what this mm-hmm. coffee, what Wildflyer is doing? Um, well, I, obviously I love it. Um, I think it's Do you get to important. reflect on it, though, and understand? <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm not always the best at it, but I'm trying to be better. I mean, this yeah. is a big deal. I think it's a big deal. Like, if you can intervene with a 17-year-old or mm-hmm. 18-year-old or 19-year-old before we get down this road, that's how we start mm-hmm. making a difference, you know? Yeah, I mean, statistically, most adults that are experiencing homelessness started experiencing it when they were teens. So I think it just makes that's, sense yeah. to try and offer that support early. All right. I'm excited for you. Congratulations, Carly Camera, Wildflyer Coffee, and you guys are doing some community fundraising yes. for to help support opening that mm-hmm. second store, right? We're on Indiegogo. Okay. Look for it on Indiegogo and look for the coffee shop in the spring next year. Thank Car- you. Carly, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.